and uh, welcome back to Strixhaven. I'm your professor, Alex Kessler, House Witherbloom. Today, here with my co-host Ben Bateman. A word. What's going on, everybody? From Silver Quill. Yes, it's silver. I'm all black. Got my Silver Quill Fitbit here. Mm-hmm. The way we do it, you know, tracking things. Um, that's just how we are in Silver Quill. Yeah. I got my green. I got my Pokemon pants on. Uh, nice for <laughs> green plants. So this is also uh, Strixhaven um, Spirit Week. Uh, Zbacks on TikTok kind of is doing a whole Spirit Week thing. Yesterday I was dressed in your house or college, Silver Quill, um, trying to be good at words, a skill that is not really in my set. Uh, today I'm Witherbloom, which is stealing the vibe of of uh, me from the the. The Command Zone videos, which are really, really awesome. The last one came out today, Prismari. And then tomorrow is Quandrix, and I'll be in blue-green, and then go through every other day this week. I'm just going to It was so this. rad. That it was so cool that they wanted to include us in those videos. They're, they're really cool. They did a great job on those videos. They really came out amazing. I have, I have, if you search Witherbloom on Twitter now in the GIF search bar, bar I am one of the three options. It's me got the hair, doing the, the hair, hair swoop, and then I have, and then there's like the the Wizards of the Coast animated trailers they did for each uh, college. So okay, and then and then Joe, who we had on the 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 Commander stream a few weeks ago, he's Silver Quill, which uh, was not the Command Zone who did it. Some a uh, really cool person uh, who I'm going to look up their name really quick. Angry Fluoride on Twitter just like figured out how to upload gifts to uh, Twitter's gift keyboard. So w- me and Joe now live there on Facebook and t- and Twitter. So that's great. <laughs> so if I search, wait, if I search Alex Kessler, do no, you come up or do I have to search? Witherbloom or Kess Wiley? Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Witherbloom, Kess Wiley. Witherbloom. Excellent. Oh, that's yeah. a good, that's a really good gift to have access to for yeah. me. I'm I re- enjoy that a lot. I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be careful to not use it too much because it's also like a little more flirty than I would normally like to be to any human. Yes. So, but for Ben to have it available is problematic for me. <laughs> it's no, um, it's really good. All of my, all of the gifts of me are Schmodan gifts and they, I'm wearing sunglasses and I, it looks like 100% of them. So nice. That's, uh, well, just I looking have, like a real D bag. I currently have purple hair in 100% of mine, including this video yeah. right now. Uh, so we'll continue that. I'm going to dye my hair a different color every day this week. Yesterday was silver. Today is purple. Tomorrow, I think I'm doing blue. Okay. Or green. Was I might do green like, tomorrow. Is this like a, like a, like a hairspray? No, or I have like... a special colored gel. It works better than the hairspray because the spray like just like starts sweating on Blinks you. Out. The gel is like yeah. in your hair like hair gel is. So it's better for your skin and etc. I bought it off of a Facebook ad. I also have color changing versions that I haven't used yet that I'm a little terrified of. Wow. Um, but yeah, here we are. Uh, that's a lot of non-magic content are. and we have a lot of a podcast. <laughs> we have a lot of cards to go through. So I do want to jump into it. But today we are doing our Strixhaven review part three and this is modern specific. So this is our modern Strixhaven set review. Uh, before we do that, please hit the like and subscribe button. The like button, more importantly, that's how these videos do well. Uh, just for some reason, our YouTube video trends haven't been good. I think that's been a case for magic content in general. Um, but you guys, as we're watching that, they're really helpful. If you're not watching this on YouTube, you're listening to the podcast or somewhere else, please check it out on YouTube. It's really great. Uh, we Marshall puts all the card art there. We really appreciate subscribers there. It helps us. It's one of the better ways for us to get funding even over podcasts. And so definitely appreciated. Thank you all of our YouTube watchers. 
And thanks to our patrons, uh, Pinky's Up to House Modern, uh, all of you out there. Uh, there's a whole Discord. Discord is actually becoming more populated. You get access to that if you're either a, a Discord member or a Patreon member or uh, a sub on Twitch. So um, check those out. Uh, and let's get started. First card we're going to talk about today is uh, a card that you and me actually had, I believe, a whole conversation on like uh, two months ago, not knowing this card was going to exist. Uh, but it is a green, 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 blue, blue, blue sorcery body of research. Create a zero, zero green and blue fractal creature token. Put X plus one plus one counters on it where X is the number of cards in your library. This is actually better yeah, than so what we were talking about. We were we were. To, we were talking about what, how much would a 2020 uh, vanilla no abilities cost? How much money would you yes. have to spend for that? And I think we came to like four mana and it still wouldn't see very much play. Six mana, you get a 40-40 <laughs> and it has counters on it, which means that it does things. So somewhere in between is a 2020 vanilla. Part is interesting. Um, I think the fact that it's a token is one of the reasons that this can exist. Uh, there's so many effects that exist in all formats that bounce something um that and also the destroy things of a certain cmc like so there's enough things that i, I think exist in different formats even if you just want to go as far as like uh oh no i guess blast zone comes in with one on it so blast zone can't Correct. blow up zeros right but fatal yep. push can fatal push path and uh, abrupt decay are all things that if it was a six mana 40 40 versus a token yeah would not be able to kill it right so and so. Yeah, engineered explosives there's there's tons cryptic yeah. command can bounce it so it's yeah, easy bouncing to deal with where, where i really see the value in this card and you mentioned the tokens thing my first thought was i had been waiting for a card to come out that was going to make simic ascendancy feel exciting to me because that was like a card that i really wanted to see be good mm -hmm. um for those that don't remember simic ascendancy is a is a blue green um enchantment that does have an ability but basically states that if you uh, have creatures i think with total 20 or more counters plus one plus one counters on at the beginning of if you win the game so the idea would be that you know that's an enchantment so it's harder to remove um in general you just have that on the battlefield you're playing a ramp control deck and then you just cast body of research and as long as you can survive till the next turn with ascendancy still in play you just win the game so um i don't know how real of an idea that actually is when you compare it to other things in modern i mean like you know heliad combo decks like that there's things in modern people are doing that are so fast but um it is still a cool thing. It's still a unique thing that now exists. It's a two card combo to win the game. Oh, I think, I think just the fractals in general are of some amount of valid consideration there, right? Like the fact that these cards are like a bunch of different ways to put plus one, plus one counters on things in pretty large numbers and in some pretty good rates, I think starts making that a lot more fascinating and interesting. Um, I also There's think also the fact good. that if you cast this card, and make like a 37 37 and then they remove cynic ascendancy you still have a 37 37 correct you, you have, like still you have, have a giant thing to win with <laughs> you have threats on both ends so they either yeah I, I i do like it is six mana that's the big problem but it is also a sorcery so you get to do stuff like snapcaster it back or um or using other ways that cheat instruments and sorceries from your graveyard into play uh, or or just cast them for free. So so the fact that it does have like different synergies in different directions is really interesting. I also imagine a world in which you're playing this deck, this card in a deck that's got Simic Ascendancy, Cryptic Command, and Force of Negation. And basically like you're just sitting there and you're pitching the extra copy of Body of Research that's in your hand to Force of Negation if you need to. Um, you know, you've got Cryptic Commands to basically just sit there and just hit your land drops, hit your land drops, hit your land drops. You finally, when you do hit uh, that sixth land, you hold open cryptic past the turn now you know the next turn you can cast this like and my idea there is that also cryptic command then taps all their blockers down so even if they remove some ascendancy you still have a cryptic 
you just tap everything down pre-combat and then just attack with body of research and you just win the game. So I think there's there, there's a viable deck there. I mean, it's a slow deck, but it could win the game. Oh, yeah. I, th- I think this is a very cool uh, blue game control win condition. I don't think it's like going to win a GP at any point, but I do think like if you're looking for something fun to do in modern, this has a total viability of just killing people and it's a fun way of going around it for sure. And and, and in a, uh, other than the fact, and especially because it can be blue green, you can you cannot play the fetchless. You you have the ability to um, even do it for pretty, pretty low, low cost for a deck. So a value option. I, I think it's really cool as a control option for flooded sure. Grove. It's a flooded Grove card if I've ever seen one. Um, next card is Magma Opus, six blue, red Ooh. instant Magma Opus deals four damage divided as you choose among any number of targets, tap two permanents, create a four, four blue and red elemental creature token, draw two cards, or you can discard it for blue, red, blue, red, discard Magma Opus, create a treasure token, six blue, red. Uh, I feel like we talked about this card already. It was on our, it was in the initial, initial, preview, the initial like okay. when the first ones were coming out, cool, cool, we had cool. a whole conversation about it. I, I will say now having gotten to play even with the elemental version of this card. So, so, um, we did talk about this, right? I'm going to have one quick thing. Uh, now having gone to play them in limited and the red elemental version, and these this card has been showing up in standard and, and historic tournaments already. Um, this mechanic of really big blue red spell with the treasure alternative cost might be my favorite thing from all of Strixhaven. Not even necessarily from a power level perspective, just like it's cool, it plays well. The fact that you can like build in ways to rebuy them later, but then use the treasure early and all the other cool things you can do with it is one of the cooler things I think that has come out of this set. I agree. I think it's I think it's one of the better design uh, tools that they've they've started to employ. I think it's really smart. I'm a big fan. I want more of them. That would be that would be my I, I wish it was surprised. a Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is something we start to see more of it. It seems like a very easy, uh, like a very, very easy way to balance cards out. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Next is Plarg and Augusta. Well, we talked about this with Winnie and everyone else. We did talk about this already. Cool. Uh, just so you know, Ben, if you have anything you want to say, uh, I am an official Plarg Stan account now. Uh, I know I'm dressed as Witherbloom. Get ready for Friday when I'm going to be in Lorehold gear, uh, which will be in the past. So check out my Instagram. <laughs> um, uh, this card's really good. Uh, better than I thought it was. I had this in Squee in play in our commander game, and I drew infinite cards with that, which is just a modern legal thing, and discarding lingering souls or faithless lootings, or not faithless looting, RIP, on burial rights. <laughs> um, this does a really cool uh, faithless looting impression that on the backhand, when you draw the Augusta, lets you play lingering souls as it is a lord for your lingering souls that you discarded with, with uh, Plark. I'm like all about this card. Yeah, it seems like a really fun, diff- different, different Marty deck than the ones we often talk about. I don't think that this is totally the, like the Mardu Pyromancer deck, it, but but similar. I mean, similar idea. This would play well in there. I don't know. I mean, like it it does what looting did, right? It lets you play things into your graveyard. It and it like plays with the main card you want to do that with. This is Lingering Souls. It is not a spell in Arts and Sorcery, but I like have been testing with it, and it is very. This card is very powerful. Like I guess goal. it's true. You just play you just play Augusta and all of a sudden your four lingering souls are just attacking for eight as opposed to four. Pretty right. good. <laughs> like, like and, and and if you draw multiples, it's just because it's legendary. It doesn't matter because you can play Augusta on the back end and Plug first. So you play Plug early. Plug is also a two, two for two, which is not something I even read when I first was excited by the card. Like Jace says a zero, two for two is always kind of just like, oh, yeah, you can't attack with your looter. That doesn't make sense. And then I had it in play when we were playing our commander game. It's like, oh, this can attack people. <laughs> this is just a good, aggressive yeah. threat early if I don't want to discard cards. Like it has what Jace doesn't have, which is just like, oh, I want to hurt my opponent with my face. Plard can do. And Augusta right. does really well. So like 
I I I have I have now played this in historic. I've now played it in commander, and I've played games even of, of modern with it. And in all three formats, I've been impressed. Uh, this is one of my sleeper hits, probably for the set. So much that I'm now talking it with you, even after talking it with Whitney Tappy and Carson. <laughs> <laughs> Plug Santa Cat. I'm gonna get that outfit. We also realized that this is like basically a representation of me and Whitney's relationship. I am Plarg, the Dean of Chaos, and she is Augusta, the Dean of Order, and we're going to have to figure out how to get these outfits made. <laughs> Halloween, maybe. Um, Vanishing Verse. White, black, instant, XL, target, monocolored, permanent. Card's really good. This card is... This card is the... I do think... So I think this card's awesome. I do think this card is kind of like... It's that thing where there's enough now... Uh, instant and sorcery speed, two mana cards that do like a really good get rid of something important impression, and they keep printing them in all different for like all different sets. Like there was the War of the Spark ones, like D Spark, and you know, like they just keep coming up with ideas like this. You know, Black Green has gotten like seven of these in the last few years. Um, I think it's cool. It seems less unique or special because of the fact that all those other cards have now been printed. So when I look at this, I'm like, I guess Black White hasn't gotten this really. Uh, I guess black green has gotten things that are like this or close to this. Um, so that's why it's valuable, but it does open up the idea that, you know, if, if there ends up being just like a black white value control, sort of like the black green decks, not the R and modern. Um, if that ends up being the case, then this is a viable card that makes that makes that deck have a lot more reach. I think I think both for Mardu and Esper, this is a big deal, right? Like there hasn't been a lot of good black white decks recently. And part of it is just like, other than Lingering Souls and Luros, why? And Luros is often more played as a either a black card or a white card. The fact that it's black yeah. white is rarely something that's super relevant. Now, sometimes like there's the black white taxes, and this is also a big card for there because being able to exile things and then you can process it with the the processor is also good. Um, and there's just not a lot of threats that are gold in the format that you care that much about that this is going to be that efficient against, right? Like Renin Six comes to mind, but two mana for a two mana removal spell isn't that better, much better um like kind of the, the list is pretty small so the fact that this answers most major threats of the format is is pretty good the fact that it doesn't hit artifacts is interesting right it can't hit colorless things yeah. um but otherwise i'm 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 pretty hyped on it i think this spell is really good i thought about i i thought about the, the monocolored thing um as opposed as it relates to artifacts and i think that's an interesting piece of it yeah i mean i I can imagine this card being played as a one or a two of in a lot of the decks you're talking about, and then potentially, depending on where the format is, having more copies of this in your sideboard, um, just depending on like sort of what you actually have to go up against. But it's pretty efficient. And the fact that it's an instant makes it like that much better. Right. And, and the fact that it doesn't give each people lands, right? Like it's in a lot of cases, it's better than Assassin's Trophy. And I think that's great. And, and Esper has been looking for a control card like Assassin's Trophy or Abrupt Decay that just never had access to. And that's also true of, of Mardu, right? Both have, have had always had that issue. Next card is Lorehold Excavation. Red, white, uh, enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, mill a card. If a land card was milled this way, you gain one life. Otherwise, Lorehold Excavation deals one damage to each opponent. Five mana, exile a creature card from your graveyard, create a tapped 3-2 red and white spirit creature token. Um, so this card is a card that... In depending, obviously the deck needs to be built to do this, but it is a draw a card draw engine, right? You're able to mill cards, and hopefully by milling cards you're getting value. But as it's doing it, it is both doing damage and or gaining you life, helping you stabilize slowly over time. Um, and then at the top end offers a great mana sink if you can get to late game of just making three two spirit tokens uh, at at will. I've had this in play 
and limited so far, and I've been really impressed by it. Um, it does a lot of things I like. It feels lingering soulsy, right? You have it early enough that like it just starts getting you value. Um, it might be a little slow for modern. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it's a little slow for modern. I think the incremental value of them taking one or you gaining one is just not enough to actually make viable having this in play in a game of modern. It just because it doesn't do anything else until you get to a point where you're like, like five mana for a tap three two is like not very good. It's it's great if the front half was doing something awesome, but it's just not. So I, I, that's kind of all I have to say. I don't think this card's going to make an impact. It's it's cheap enough, and the it does generate just enough value that I could see it seeing play. But it is, I think, just beyond the mark. Um, I'll I'll definitely maybe try making it work. And there's a lot of other worlds and formats that I'm going to try making it work. But I think modern is just below. The power level, I'd almost want it to like gain you two life and then I would be like all in. <laughs> yeah, there's um, even stuff too. There's even stuff too with this card that I think about where I'm like, if this milled the card at the beginning of upkeep, it would like turn on weird things like spectacle automatically. But the fact that it's end step means that like you don't even get like stuff like bloodthirst or spectacle or any of the things that like need you to deal a damage. So I yeah, I feel like we can. We, yeah. <laughs> I, the, the thing I do like about it happening end step is you get a value immediate, right? Right? Like if you yeah, if yeah. you're playing well, it as a dredge yeah, card, yeah. Um, next card, deadly brew, black green sorcery. Each player sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. If you sacrifice a permanent this way, you may return another permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. Um, so this is this is a really interesting card because it plays. Like, Edicts have not currently seen a ton of play. What's cool about this is it lets you use it as a sack outlet that then rebuys you a card from your graveyard. So it does loop, and it lets you get rid of Planeswalkers, right? If someone just has a Ren and Six and play, this eats it, or or another card. It's also in the right colors for this. John doesn't hate having to do with this, um, and has stuff that goes in the graveyard, and often wants to get rid of a Dark Confidant or whatever, so that's also a benefit. Just like an interesting Edict effect, and something different that hasn't existed. Yeah, I think I definitely think the fact that it's not both of you getting this ability, that it's just you getting the ability to to do the cycle rebuy thing is what makes this interesting. And there's plenty of there's just plenty of value town creatures that don't care um, or, or even permanents that don't care if you sacrifice them in Magic's history that make, you know, the ability pretty interesting. I mean, everything from like a kitchen things to like landfall i'm like wanting to get back a fetch land by sacrificing a land so like you know just stuff like that yeah the fact that it can get any permanent so you can like play something that you have no problem sacrificing or just not play anything right you can't and and then oh i'm sorry you so you can't so you can't sacrifice you can't sacrifice a land to get back a land but like no. yeah if it, if it is a landfall deck you know if you're playing this with tracker and you want to sacrifice your creature and get back the fetch land then that fetch land gets you so much more value i think i think there's cool stuff well, here yeah. in john yeah, or just like any any two drop that you don't care. Like an aristocrats, more of an aristocrats play, sacrifice that creature and then rebuy your land to ramp is like great because that creature generally will generate value. Next card is Thrilling Discovery. This is a big one. Uh, red, white, sorcery. You gain two life, then you may discard two cards. If you do, draw three cards. Uh, this is a cathartic reunion that gains you two life for no reason, for some reason. Um, yeah. I've I already have I've already seen um, people playing this in Dredge and Modern. It's already made an impact. <laughs> yeah, I think also you. So it's interesting here. You gain two life, then you may discard two cards if you do draw three cards. So it's it is interesting that you don't have to use this card for anything other than gaining the life, which I'm not sure like how relevant that is. But the fact that you have the optionality, if you have a hand that you don't want to let go and you draw this and like you're getting beaten down it can kind of fog on some level in some cases to keep you back in it for an extra turn yeah i think i think there's a lot of there's a lot of situations where this card is like 
you top deck it, you're neck and neck with your opponent and you just don't have the two cards in hand, right? You're just at that point of the game, you've you've become hellbent. This allows you to at least use it to help. It's also something that with uh, in like a if you wanted instead of playing it in a dredge deck, playing it in a Mardu Aristocrats or a Mardu uh, Pyromancer deck, this triggers Pyromancer. This triggers all your Magecraft and prowess abilities and so sometimes late game you don't want to discard your cards but you just want to trigger prowess and being able to like gain life and then make your swiss peers and your whatever the new white one mana zero two step links for spells is and get a young pyromancer token for just two life and do that there are games that that's worth it um so it's a nice also uh cathartic reunion is great and it's the best version of what it is so now you have eight of them and this might be better <laughs> yeah. than Cathartic. This is, I mean, other than the fact that it's you need a white mana, this is better. If you can cast yeah. this in Cathartic Reunion, this is a better card. Uh, the next card we're talking about is Jodzi Oracle of Archivios and Journey to the Oracle. Uh, Jodzi is a six blue, blue legendary creature, human wizard, five, five. Discard a card, return Oracle of Archivius to its owner's hand from play. Magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, reveal the top card of your library. If it's a non-land card, you may cast it by paying one rather than paying its mana cost. If it's a land card, put it onto the battlefield. The backside, Journey to the Oracle, is two green green. You may put any number of lands from your hand onto the battlefield. Then if you control eight or more lands, you may discard a card if you do return Journey of the Oracle to its owner's hand. People are really hyped about this card. At one point, they believe in it. I don't know if it still is. It was the most expensive card, non-special promo version of it in the set. Um, I think it's more for the journey to the Oracle side. It definitely has some commander vibes, right? Like as a commander, this is really powerful things. Journey to the Oracle. Like I got in some conversations about it. I think this is worse than Scapeshift and maybe better than, but maybe the land one that put any amount of lands from your graveyard, sorry, the graveyard yeah, one, yeah. any amount of great lands in your graveyard into play. I think that card's still better and sees no modern play. It's definitely worse than scape shift. There's some shenanigans you can do see, with it. Well, so I can't see a world in which like, I really like the journey to the Oracle side. I think the design here is really beautiful between these two sides. I think it's one of the coolest pieces of, of front back designs that we've seen in a set. Um, I really like that. However, Spending eight mana to get this creature onto the battlefield basically ever is just not something that I can ever see happening in modern. So then the back half of of journey is just like. If you. Like, so so you would have to have some engine that we don't already they're not already aware of that would make playing journey more than one time other than just like, would you play summer balloon for four mana? Because this what this is, right? This is better than that. Like in in a in a, I don't. You don't get the loop. The problem you miss is if you have one bounce land, you can't just keep playing it. I don't think it has to all happen at once. Um, but if you have three lands in your hand in Scape Shift in in an Amulet Titan deck or two, you can play this as a Summer Bloom effect, uh, a f- expensive one. But that deck got that card's banned for a reason, right? And is currently making do with like one drops that yeah. do it and that you have like creatures that tap. Um, I think that deck got so good off of the printing of, or of um, dry out of the Elysian Grove anyway. <laughs> like, I don't actually think that this is even particularly necessary. Sure. Like a four mana big spell. I, yeah, I think this is totally cool. I, I like it. I think it's interesting. And again, 
I get the all the art also is pretty amazing on both sides. But um, the the other thing to talk towards is is if you can make use of Journey of like there is a version of the world where just having an eight mana creature in your graveyard for some reason like cards that care about the converted mana cost of whatever is maybe viable. Yeah. And the fact that you can cast the sorcery half just to get it into your graveyard, the sorcery half is playable. And then now this is in your graveyard. But yeah, I think I don't think this is that 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 excellent. It's crazy how high it's pre-ordering for. Um, but I definitely don't think this is the business. And those, what we just described are the best case scenarios. And as Ben said, pretty much all of them are worse than there are better cards. (laughs) Um, Next card is Mavinda Students Advocate. Two and a white legendary creature, Bird Advisor, two, three flying. You may cast target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard this turn. Uh, If that spell doesn't target a creature you control, it costs eight more to cast this way. If this spell would be put into your graveyard, exiled instead. Activate only once each turn. It is a flying Flying two, three, bird advisor. Um, Let me ask you a question on this card. Yeah. First question. Eight more. Is that in reference to some piece of the story I'm missing? It's a very prohibitive cost. It's very expensive. I, I understand that it's it's there to keep you from having a white, like, reusable Snapcaster Mage, uh, unless it's for, like, heroic purposes, kind of. I but, have, like... I have no idea. No? Uh, not, okay, that I'm I not know sure. of, there's no significance to the number eight. Uh... There is in limited, there is a lot of, if you have eight lands uh, or more in play, things turn on. There's like a in play threshold that this might be. I know that there was conversations that threshold was a mechanic or there was like a spell threshold that existed. And this could be a continuation of that. Um, I think it just was like in testing. That was the number they came to on. A, it'll be cool if they do this once in a while. But the point of this is the target creatures with the spell you're using so that you can, you know. But what's cool about it is cryptic command can be used with this to counter a spell, right? Because you target the bird with the bounce. Oh, activate only once each turn. It's not at sorcery speed. For some reason, I was thinking this only could be activated on your turn. No, no, no. Yeah, this, uh, I think I'm pretty sure if this is in play, you can rebuy cryptic command as well as a number of any charm that can t- any command that targets a creature you control and then does something you want. You can use this bird to rebuy. In a dope way. <laughs> doesn't tar- doesn't target a creature you control. You're right. Yeah, Mavinda. If you're playing Mavinda with Cryptic Command and like some ETB value creatures that you're actually happy to uh like Snapcaster Mage and Eternal Witness. Like this does it. You could do a blue white Mavinda Snapcaster Mage version of the Cryptic Command decks that uh uh you used to use Eternal Witness for. And Eternal Witness is always just like kinda almost not good enough. Um, yeah, Navinda is like a, a two three flyer for three, which is better. And then also like just play some of the like random cantrips that target your creatures, right? Like target creature gets plus one plus zero and draw a card. card. It's like a card that yeah. exists or, you know, whatever. So that's sweet. I like yeah. didn't even think about that until I just thought about it <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, and, and then there's also stuff like there's also stuff like if you wanted to play this in a black, white, red deck. You could like so Colagon's command at the very least is reviable by just dealing two to Mavinda if it's the only creature you have. That's true. Then get the other half of Colagon's command. Like you like it's risky. Rebuy but... Colagon's command to get back a creature. Like yeah, I, I mean, but there's enough. You know, there's enough things you could be doing with charms and commands. I think commands are where that's that's to me where I see this as like being the absolute sweetest because a lot of commands have a modal function where they target a creature and you also get some other value. Um, yeah, like the green like white one is also good because it fights and or and then and, and doesn't then it put can... a counter on target? Isn't it? Doesn't it put a counter on target creature you control? Yeah, that's I think so. Dope, actually. The blue green one that's does that too. Really right? cool. Quandrix, the Quandrix one, you can also. I mean, it, the, what it, else it does is kind of lame. The other thing that this works with is 
is just like feather decks, right? Like that's the thing people thought of immediately is the red, white legend from uh, war of the spark, which was kind of always close to being a real thing just because it has such a powerful draw engine of every time you target with something, you return it to your hand and Mavinda right. being able to be a, a second one. So you can now play four feather to Mavinda, but then also them together is really powerful because you can rebuy the spells you played early game to hit feather. And then it comes back to your hand. So I think there's a lot of really cool shenanigans you can do. And Mavinda is just going to be a powerful engine for that. It's three mana, which is a lot, um, but it, it does so many cool things and even some free stuff that I think it's cool. Oh my God. You know what deck I want to play this in? My green, white Highlander deck. My all in pump oh, deck. Yeah. That's so sick. <laughs> it's, and it's so also, good. It's also important. It's a creature you control. So even as like a weird sideboard out of infect, which is already playing Noble Hierarch. So it, it's already splashing white. Bringing this out of the sideboard allows you to rebuy your pump spells to retarget your infect creatures or just yeah. Mavinda. Like this is a two, three flyer. Sometimes there has been many a game of infect that I've lost to of someone just being like, you know what? You killed all my infect creatures. I got this noble hierarch right here and I'm just going to pump it <laughs> until the 14 damage I need to kill you because you've been fetching lazily this whole game thinking yeah. that infect's not going to kill you. Um, and then Mavinda just being a cyborg card, just like, now I get to rebuy those. It builds a, yeah, I like, I like think there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with Mavinda in the format. The fact that it's any creature you can control and not just them is, is really good. Yeah. Next card is Myla Crafty Companion and Luca Wayward Bonder. Uh, Myla Crafty Companion is 1-1 one, one, white, 2-3. Whenever an opponent attacks one or more Planeswalkers you control, put a loyalty counter on each Planeswalker you control. Whenever a permanent you control becomes the target of a spell or ability and opponent controls, you may draw a card. 4 red red for Luca. 5 Planeswalker loyalty. You may discard a card. If you do, draw a card. If a creature card was used to discard this way, draw 2 cards instead. Return minus 2, which is the important half. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste. Exile it at the beginning of your next upkeep. Minus seven. You get an emblem with whenever a creature enters the battlefield under you control, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. The real conversation here is this is another reanimation sneak attack like effect that has a relatively decent charm upside, right? Like you can play for these play Mila early game to protect yourself, protect permanence you control, be able to be aggressive with it. And then Late, once you get the right cards into your graveyard, six mana, reanimate Grizzlebrand, reanimate Elish Norn. You know, it, it it plays its own little reanimation game that I think is really powerful. Yeah, I mean, I think, so I like the front half. Uh, it's cool. It has, like, some, like, Leovold vibes to it on some level. You know, it has some of that type of stuff to it. Um, but I do think that the back half of Luka being a sneak attack style, like, reanimate, it does cost six. I mean, like, that is... Well, but it's it not it's not dead in your hand at six, right? Like the problem with six mana spells normally is they sit in your hand and they don't do anything and then you die. The fact that 90% of the time you just cast the front half as a, a decent aggressive creature that protects your other threats. And then late game, when you've been able to control the game to get to six mana, you have the Luka option. That's what's interesting to me, right? Like obviously if this was just Luka, not playable. Just like straight yeah. up if that was the only card option. But the fact that you get a good value creature that you can tutor for too, right? Like you could just play one Mila and then just have a way to get it into your hand and then just fair. put Luca into play when you or like and then and then if you draw it late game or when you tutor for it, you get Luca into play. I that's that's to me what's exciting by it is not necessarily the reanimation effect by itself, but the fact there's a creature that late game becomes a reanimation effect that is powerful. Um oh skeptical for modern uh sure. but i do think it's yeah it's close um i think it's really sweet for commander 
I'll tell you that much. I think that's I think as a commander, this is really fun. So but but that's not what we're talking about. So I think for modern, it's right on the edge. Uh, next card are Rowan, Scholar of Sparks, and Will, Scholar of... Oh, we talked about these already. Did we do Rowan and Will? We did Onyx. We did Onyx for sure. I don't think we did Rowan and Will, we did but Onyx the, and the print on these is so small. Oh, and you can look them up while I'm reading. It might make life easier. Two red Legendary Planeswalker Rowan. Instants and sorcery spells you cost cost one less. Uh... When, uh Rowan, Scholar of Sparks deals one damage to each opponent if you, uh... You've drawn three or more cards this turn. It deals three damage to each opponent instead as a plus one, minus four. You get an emblem with whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you may pay due to, if you do, copy the spell. You may choose new targets. Will is four and a blue for four mana. Will, Legendary Planeswalker, Will. Instance and sorcery spells you cost cast cost one less to cast. Um, so both of them have that same opening ability. And then he has three abilities. Plus one, up to one target creature has base power and toughness zero to until end of turn. So it fogs a creature. Minus three, draw two cards. Minus seven, exile up to five target permanents. For each permanent exile this way, its controller creates a 4-4 four, four blue and red elemental creature token. So three mana Planeswalker. Three mana Planeswalker with a static ability. All of your instant sorceries are, are, are less expensive. Three mana Planeswalker with that ability that after turn five in colors that can get to turn five comes with a much better planeswalker that lets you bubble a creature basically acts as a removal spell or can draw two cards um on the other hand rowan doesn't do anything <laughs> her plus one yeah, is I think actively bad the, i think that's the biggest problem i so i really i think that this is a really cool planeswalker i i like i like this planeswalker it's a planeswalker i have a feeling i'll try to build with index um i love cost reducers for instance in sorceries i think they're great um i think the problem is that the three mana rowan to get to the emblem is going to take several turns that you probably will not get to and that the will side if what you're really doing is playing this for the will side there are too many good five mana uh planeswalkers and four mana planeswalkers i don't even see play for me to believe that will would be able to be better than them for modern i just I think these are really cool planeswalkers. I don't think these are powerful enough. It sucks that this card came out the same within three months of Bergy. Right? Like, th- I want to yeah. play that card over this card 90% of the time. The fact that it generates a mana versus makes things cheaper is more abusable. The fact that its backhand draws you a bunch of cards in a really cool way. Like, I, I think Bergy, or Bergy, however you want to say it, God of um, Boasts or whatever, is just like a better version than this card to the extent that I like. I wish Wizards reevaluated what this card did to and and obviously it's for like because for limited it's probably awesome but for standard even I don't know if I would ever play this over other options uh, and and yeah, they I came mean, out within like, three months there's to... never a standard environment where these don't exist in the same environment as Bergy. I even think like just if you're talking about these characters in the game and the cards that represent them I like the Royal Scions so much more yep, like it's not even close yep 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 uh actually the only of the four walkers in the set the only of the th- of, of them the one i'm most disappointed by because luke is dope we just talked about it back half is amazing is cool really interesting great in like uh, uh, a jeskai super friends deck even which we didn't talk about kazmina also really cool breaks the game in half in some ways liliana goes infinite uh with cards and commander and then on top of that just is like a very powerful value six drop and in some ways better than the other six drop liliana this one i just like uh there are better cards in every direction 
Is this, this is not the first double-sided planeswalker, is it? Uh, this is the first modal dual face planeswalker. It's uh, it, it's going to be interesting. The one thing that this does better than Bergy, at least in standard, is it's it's Will's plus one. In fact, Will's plus one on this card is the maker or break it version of this card. Is yeah, one, up to one target creature getting base power of zero two until on a turn a viable way of protecting yourself. And if it is, then Will and Rowan could be a playable card. That's that's kind of where it's going to come down to. Um, yeah, it's pretty fringe. <laughs> I think we can move on. Yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not super super worried about it. Um, next card is Dragon's Guard Elite. Uh, one green creature human druid. Magecraft, whenever you cast a copy or instant sorcery cell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Dragon's Guard Elite. Four green green, double the number of plus one, plus one counters on Dragon's Guard Elite. How Cephalic Breakfast, to, right, that's the deck has come. Uh, what's the Dried of something? Yeah, you're talking about... Um, Not Cephalic Breakfast. Yeah, um, with Quirion. Yeah, how Quirion, with Quirion. Thank you. How, how far has Quirion Dried come? Because... I believe that's a one, one for two. Whenever you cast a red, blue, green spell or whatever, you get a counter. When and you this... cast a spell that is not green. You you put a counter on it. I love that card. Um, and this is a two, two. Yeah, it's whatever. a one, one. And it's only spells and instants <laughs> and sorceries, but that's better. <laughs> yeah. Cast or copy an instant sorcery, put a counter on it. Yeah. Just a two mana two, two. Like this card. I'm all about this card. Like this is so this is so the kind of card I like playing. And honestly, for modern, probably you just play both. You probably just play four of these and you play four of the other one and you play lots of cantrips and you play force of negation and you play spell pierce and maybe like, I don't even know if you bother playing Tarmogoyf. <laughs> you probably don't. You probably would, just play like play Tarmogoyf over query and dryad, but I would play this in that deck over Tarmogoyf. No, why would you? Why would you? If the whole, if the whole query entire idea of the deck is that bad, <laughs> it also dies the lightning bolt a lot quicker. You need more spells to get it past lightning bolt than this. I mean, like, so on average, when you play a Tarmogoyf in a game of magic, it's like a four or five, like in, in modern, I'd say, like maybe, maybe I think four or five, probably later in the game, it's bigger, but like four or five is probably like your comfortable size. You're going to be like four or five, most five, of the early going in a game. And like, if you're, talking about a turbo deck, like yeah. if you're talking about a turbo deck, like, like that a card like this would be good in, you're going to get to four or five in like a turn or two. And then it's just going to go up from there. It's oh, like, I like this card. I like, I like dragons guard elite more than Tarmogoyf. I'm saying query and dryad. I don't like, no, no, I, I get it. I'm just saying, I think query and dryad gets a lot bigger. Uh, I think query and dryad gets big fast. You're also, cause, you, cause it, cause it, it, because it doesn't trigger on green cards, it, it, like two of the cards you're talking about having oh, eight of don't fair. trigger with it. Like yeah. there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that dragons guard elite works with that are good with dragons guard elite. There's a lot of things Fair. that Quirion Dried like turns off in a weird way. Like it's only like Quirion Dried is a splash card and which means you can't play this. Right. I, I think that's. Yeah. Fair point. Uh, Fair point you make. Card sweet though. Nice. Uh, next card is also sweet. Uh, this is a card that I feel like the world would have been like, this is the red two drop. We found it. And now no one cares. And like Clark's <laughs> out there just kicking his butt. So conspiracy theorists, uh, one red creature, human shaman. When conspiracy theorists attacks, you may pay one and discard a card. If you do draw a card, when you discard one or more non-land cards, you may exile one of them from your graveyard. If you do, you may cast it this turn two two. Mm. Um, so this is sweet. Uh, it allows you to... Really sweet loot cards uh which just on its own is 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 good as it attacks but the the ability that feels like it's breaking the game is whenever you discard one or more non-land cards you may exile one of them from your graveyard if you do you may cast it this turn the fact that you could use loot effects like discarding cards is normally a cost 
conspiracy theorist lets you turn that cost into just drawing an extra card. So in many ways, it's whenever you discard a card, draw a card. And it's dope. Well, here's the thing about this card. So let's just pretend you play this on, this on turn two. Mm -hmm. And you attack and you discard lightning bolt. And now you pay one and you cast your lightning bolt as you discard it. And you bolt them for two and you draw a card. Bolt them for three. Now you have one mana open. What? Three. Oh, bolt them I'm for saying, two mana. Two, two mana. It's cost you. It's cost you. It's cost you incinerate to lightning bolt them. But you've got the card from your graveyard. You sort of reverse Snapcaster Mage it kind of. Well, no, some, not even, not even that. You 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 attacked and you spent two mana to draw a card and lightning bolt someone. Yeah, I mean, so like, it's. I think it's the fact that you have to spend the mana to discard it, and you have to spend the mana on the spell is the part of this where I think. There's I'm, a lot of moving pieces to make this work because you have to be I able to profitably attack. I plan. Sorry, I plan on never. That's not true. The plan is to play this with other cards that discard. Not Whenever you discard one or one cards. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, there you go. I was missing a piece of yeah, this equation. The the fact that when he attacks, he loots gravy. <laughs> like I, yeah, the, two mana for a two two that let you lets you uh, plus one with Liliana and then cast that thoughtsies that you just discarded is all I need out of him. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Okay, so I missed that. So yeah, this card is really, really, really good. Um, you don't have to attack. I was I was looping all of the abilities together for this to work, and they are separate. Um, yeah, this card's really good, man. <laughs> this card is exceptionally <laughs> well, good. For our audio listeners, I did read all of the abilities at once, and it could have sounded like it was one ability. Yes, so the first ability of when it attacks, you may pay one to discard a card. If you do draw a card, is a ability on its own, and then as a secondary ability at all times, if you were to discard one or more non-land cards, you may exile one of them, and if you do, you get to cast it that turn. That does mean if you were to, like, for instance, if you were to cast Faithless Looting and you were to discard two cards, you can't cast both of them. You have, per discard moment, you have to select one to be able to cast for free. But plus one on Lily, Liliana the Veil, you get to cast that card now that turn and is on curve to do so. Uh, any other discard looting Plark, you get to cast that card. So it just works with a lot of cool cards in a way that it feels broken to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's really that's really good. <laughs> um, <laughs> Next card, Archmage Emeritus, creature, human, wizard, magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, draw a card. It's a two-two. That's it. They printed that card. This card exists now. Uh, I don't know if it exists. There had to have been a prowess draw yeah, card. Yeah. So cast so here's the spell. so here's the issue. Here's the issue with this card. The like, I think this card is really cool, but they've done this card in with other types, and they're fine. They're like totally fine. Like they get the job done. Like for instance, Beast Whisperer in in Elves is a card that is sees play. Like that's an elf that sees play. People play that card in Elf decks. Uh, it's good. They have made this card two different times in for artifacts. There are plenty of zero and one man artifacts that exist that you could like chain and loop together and draw yourself cards. That's what this is. It's a four mana two two that every time you cast a cantrip or a counterspell you draw a card, and that's good. But if you think about it, it's super killable. And it's a four mana spell that like, how is this like, like think about all the things that cost four in blue that are like a card a turn at least and are super good, right? Like Jace the Mind Sculptor, for instance, is not played as much as it used to get played. This is not as good as Jace the Mind Sculptor. Well, different decks, right? right? Like Jace, Jace, you play in decks that are about protecting Jace, controlling the game and eventually winning through value. You play this deck in Storm. This is a Storm card and that is it. Like it, the fact that like if I untap with this 
every ritual I cast draws me a card. Like you can't, you cannot, you can lose if you're playing Storm and they let you untap with this card. But the chances of you losing with this card in play in a deck that has that type of play style is so low. Now, it might be win more, right? Like Storm getting to turn to untap with a four mana creature is like really low in general. Um, oh, before though, you and I have talked about this before, that that's a deck. Storm's a deck that, that comfortably plays four mana sorcery speed things as part of its game plan. We've seen them. We've seen them play Pass and Flames for years. We know that we've seen them play Gifts Ungiven to set up chains before. They, four mana is not out of the question for that deck by any means. As as its, um, as its third spell or second spell of its chain, this card's insane, right? Like, if I can cast this into a ritual, if I can get to six mana off of rituals, and then cast this, and then that same turn holding priority, start casting rituals. That seems bonkers. Yeah, I guess you're correct that, I mean, you're definitely, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, so that means that as Storm goes off, you draw for all of those copies. You can you can short your grape shots. So you can, like, if you, like, get to five Storm count and you have grape shot and you just don't have any more cards in hand, you can just grape shot them and then you'll draw five cards. Yeah, so that's, so that's really cool. The Magecraft aspect of this is what makes it better than all of those, like, other things I'm talking about. But my point, I think, still is intact, which is that in general, those cards that I'm talking about exist and work well enough. But four mana for a very vulnerable creature to be part of that chain is good, not incredible, interesting. I'll be curious to see if this works. If they had made this cost blue, if they had made this cost blue one and it was a zero one, um, then I would be like blown away. Even if it costs blue, blue one and it was a zero one, I think I would be blown away. The fact that it's blue, blue two is exactly correct in terms of what it needs to cost to be fair and makes it just outside the realm of like, wow, it's like, this is cool. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I think it's on the line. I think you're I, I don't think you're wrong. That it is extremely fragile and easy to deal with. And if you like do your thing as storm and this is where you get to and then they're able to respond. But there's enough priority holding with this card that you might be able to get there or just get enough value that it's worth it. And it does help you get out of stuff when you're behind. Yeah, I think it's really comparable to Joyra. Uh, I think it's better than Joyra. I think like the artifact, the, the difference between this and Joyra is that the artifacts you need to play to make Joyra good are bad cards. And the and like similar to Arc Lake Phoenix, the cards you need to play that make this guy good in Storm are good cards, and is like already a deck. So you're benefited more, I think, here. But yeah, it's it's definitely on the line. Um, the next card is Strict Proctor, one white creature, spirit cleric, flying. Whenever a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability to trigger, counter that ability unless its controller pays two. It's a one three. Um, this is your flying one three for two. Uh, whatever stone. Yeah, I don't think we talked about this card. You're thinking of a torpor orb. Torpor is orb. The, uh, like not throwing stone. Torpor orb. Yes, we have not talked about. Yeah, this card's card really good. Um, the the whole deal with the hate bears, and as they print more and more of them, is that number one, when they have a relevant creature type like spirit, uh, I think that that pushes it into a different territory of awesome. And then the second one is when they have evasion, uh, they're they're even better. And when they have evasion and a higher level of toughness uh, to like hold a sword or something like that, like anytime it's not just like the parallel, like a two, two, for instance, or a one, one, like one, three or three, one is like a super, super interesting thing to do. Um, 
I think this card's really good. I think like this is this is a card that I could see myself building around. And depending on the format that you're playing in, um, like what the format looks like at that time, this card I think could be very, very, very effective. I think this is one of this in my opinion, this is one of the more exciting cards in the set. Hush hushwing hushwing something, right? That's the other one of the Grif- creature version. Hushwing Griff, but that one costs but that one costs white two. What's what's so the what's three? Wasn't there a Eldraine fairy in white? that also hush bringer had... hush hush bringer was the one you're thinking of creatures causing creatures entering the battlefield do not cause abilities to trigger creatures dying do not cause abilities to trigger it's a one one life link for two so Blind. the fact that you have both of these that because because to me what's interesting about these cards has always been obviously shutting down your opponent's trigger effects and sometimes it's just like very valuable but more it's turning off the negative etb effects that you have and the fact that you can now play eight of these all creatures and then you can play stuff like the hunted whatever is that Ben likes to play or, or just like a select like Frexian dreadnoughts and legacy, you know, things that have a like powerful negative effect on cast that allows you to, you know, and that's supposed to keep them in check. These let you turn them off, which is really powerful. And now you have eight of them, two mana efficient flyers is like a whole other thing. I think they're really cool that there's now two of these effects and the fact that this one late game for two mana, you can start turning some of those effects on if you need them uh, is also interesting, though it does let your opponents do that. I want to play four Strict Proctor, four Hushbringer, and then I want to play four Eater of Days in my deck. Do you remember that card, Eater of Days? No. That's from Darksteel. It's a flying uh, 9-8 trample artifact creature for four mana, and it states that when it enters the battlefield, you skip your next two turns. Ah, uh, got um, it. Nine eight flying trample for four sounds pretty good. Well, I mean, what's cool about it and both all of these cards is that like they're also good hate cards, right? You like there are a lot of decks that are just like, oh, I guess my Stoneforge Mystic doesn't trigger anymore. Oh, I guess my Snapcaster Mage doesn't trigger Titan. anymore. Garbage. I guess my Primeval Titan doesn't trigger anymore. Like there's enough real threats in the format that turning them off is good. And then add the layer of like, are what creatures? What are the best creatures to break for? And actually, honestly, in comments below, I'd love to see if you guys know any any cool creatures that you'd want to turn off. Um, doesn't um, Heliod combo requires you to gain life, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm not forgetting something. Yes, right. It doesn't have an ETB though. Uh, none of the effects are ETB. You just need you need Heliod and 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 uh, walking ballista. Oh, because it just deals damage to itself and it has life link and it gets the yeah. It doesn't have to deal with damage okay. to itself. You give it life link and then when it does damage or something, it gains life. Putting a plus one counter on it goes infinite. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The old the old combo decks. This would shut down. Not the not those ones. Yeah, yeah. This is really good against uh, Malira combo decks. Not good against yes. any of the new versions of the green white combos. It's like nobody nobody really plays those decks anymore though. Uh, well, the Heliod deck is still one of the most played decks in the format. No, no, I'm saying that. I'm saying that. The oh, the Malira Finks, Finks combos. Yes. Uh, elite spellbinder. Two white creature, human cleric, flying. When elite spellbinder enters the battlefield, look at the target opponent's hand. You may exile a non-land card from it. For as long as that card remains exiled, its owner may play it. A spell cast this way costs two more to cast. It is a flying three-one. Um, this has a lot of um, huh. kitchen finks. Not kitchen finks. Vidillion click vibes. Uh, this is the uh, the championship world championship card for Paulo Vitor Dama de Rosa. So he helped design this card, and his image is what is the art, what the art is of. Um, That's awesome. And uh, yeah, it's 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 like a it's a cool white discard effect. Um, that's different than normal. It does let them still cast it, but it does make it cost you more. So it has that kind of effect to it. Um, 
and in decks that don't have access to black or blue, like a, a white red deck that wants an aggressive flyer that wants some way to lock their opponent's hands out is an option. It also is a human. So it's like a third option for kite sail freebooter. It's kind of like a Yeah. I think it's probably good in humans, but I also think there's a, the reality of that is that it costs three and you're fighting for spots at three. I mean, mm-hmm. they're all, there's a lot of good things in humans that have come out over the last few years that whether you're talking about like Militia Bugler or you're talking about like, uh, I mean, Mantis Rider being one of, the, one of the staples of that deck for years. So I think this is really good, but it would have competition in the three slot. You know, there's that, um, what's the triple colored uh, black, white, green one that four, four, like human four, four for three that, Whenever the creatures are placed in your opponent's graveyards, exile them. I can't think what it's called right now. Um, anyway, there's there's enough things in the three slot that I think that this card is totally real, but I also think that it would be fighting for space. Um, but I, I think that that card is like the definition of tempo, and it's white tempo, which is really cool. Next card is Secret Rendezvous. One white, white, sorcery. You and target opponent each draw three cards. I want to talk about this card, not necessarily due to its power level in modern, because I don't think this is modern playable, but it is pure white card draw. We now have a card that reads target player, uh, a, a white card that I can play that lets me draw three cards. It makes my opponent draw three cards. Um, but in the past, there's ways to get around that, right? That's not something that has historically been, you know, Narset exists <laughs> as a card, for example. Um, and now if you're a Narset, do you need a white spell that draws three cards for three mana? I don't know. But it, it also is something that Wizards has now said is this is this is a white color pie effect that they are going to look into and 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 see if they can play with. It is built more for Commander in mind. Uh, that was one thing that that Morrow stated in his article that like basically what's cool about this is in constructed where it could be problematic. It's an even keel draw for one v one. This doesn't warp the format. But in in multiplayer, I as a white player now may cast this and target anyone but Ben so that Ben has less cards than me and my friend <laughs> and we can beat up on Ben because we've now made a deal because I gave them three cards. Um, so it's exciting. It's cool. Uh, I still think three mana draw three cards is maybe still under power level for, for that format even, but it is something they've said that this is, this is now within color pie. This is something their space are playing. And I'm excited to see, like I could, I could imagine me playing a two mana draw two cards, target opponent draws two cards in modern. I think that's like an actual white playable white card or or even similar, like one mana draw a card, target opponent draws a card, scry two. You know, there's stuff in that world that I would play. So I, I wonder where they go with it. Yeah, I mean, there's another stuff too that I was thinking you could do in, in Commander that also works in modern. I could imagine end of turn, turn four, flashing in Notion Thief, end of turn, or even doing it like during their during their turn at some point to like steal a card. And then on my turn, casting this and holding open a counter spell so that when they try to get rid of Notion Thief in response, I can still counter it, and I just draw six. That seems pretty nuts. Uh, I guess I draw five, they draw one. Yeah, but like, as far as a rate goes, there's not a lot of draw three for three. Most things are. Yeah. There, are there are some, like, there are close ones. There's the new blue-red card that late game, you exile a card, you put one card on the bottom of your deck, and you draw a card, and, like, those three things combined is almost draw three cards for two mana. There's like painful truths. There's conditional ones where it's like three mana draw yeah. two. And then if some condition is met, like a send or something like city's blessing, there painful, are like things like that where you can draw three painful truth uh, saw modern play. I mean, not a lot, but it was definitely a card inside, but harmonize oh, yeah. definitely saw modern play back in the day. I mean, just better uh, effects have come out mostly in the form of planeswalkers. But I think like draw three for three is a, is a better rate than we currently have on any card um, in modern. And the question is, is this, 
playable enough? Does this does this work? And I'm excited to see where I that mean, ends I mentioned up. Notion Thief, but there's also an R set, as you mentioned. There's 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 a lot of things that exist that are good that make this card really busted, yeah. like plenty of them. You know, there are plenty of them. And and like what I can imagine, because because Red did the same thing, right? There is a three mana, I think two and a red. You exile the top three cards of the library. You can cast them this turn. Never saw any play, right? But that that effect eventually became tons of playable red cards that are amazing and do really cool things. I can also imagine this is that, right? We're going to see um, a Planeswalker that's pluses each player draws a card or you and one other right. player draw a card. And like that card might be playable in white, right? Like that's that's like there's a way like with lantern control to mitigate how good the cards your opponents are drawing. And there's a way or just like being able to see what's in their top of their library with other cards like lantern that then you can use it, right? You can be like, oh, I don't want them to draw that card. I'll minus the planeswalker this turn or, you know, whatever, what have you. So I think I think yeah. this effect in white is going to be fascinating moving forward. Um, Cody Vociferous Codex nailed it three mana legendary artifact creature construct you can't cast permanent spells four Mm. tap add white blue black red green so you ramp one spell with four mana when you cast your next spell this turn exile cards from the top of your library until you exile an instant or sorcery card with lesser mana value until end of turn you may cast that card without paying its mana cost put each other card exile this way on the bottom of your library in random order um, some things that people have already mentioned on this card that are really cool. Uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about it for pox decks, mono black, uh, discard decks. Cause you're already not playing very many permanents and this allows you to start just drawing cards with it. The other thing that I really liked is people donating this. So using bizarre trader or donate or gift, the, oh, the sure. red gift, generous gift, generous gift to give it to your opponent. Oh, so they no longer can cast spells and you lock them out of the game unless they have removal. And the fact that it does like, there's a version of this deck where you just play a lot of not instants and sorceries and you just get to cascade into stuff for free that the value, the ramp and value engine on the bottom end is really powerful. And a three mana one, four is pretty good at blocking. Uh, it's, it's not the worst thing to have in play in front of you. Also, it's a grumpy this book card, that yells facts. At this you. card feels like a flavor card that like probably has some application I'm missing, but for the most part you're describing to me, like I, most of the conditions you're talking about are pretty specific for this card to be anything other than just cute and fun. But it is cute and fun. I'll give you that. I think I think the fact that like mono black pox decks are a deck that people do play. And this is a card that is good in there. makes it on its own. Just something worthy of consideration to talk about. Everything else I mentioned is like a a meme deck. But I would love to generous gift someone a Cody. (laughs) Just get them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And that's and, and as cards are printed in the future that are like. This is one of the best generous gift like effects. And they will print more good. They will print more cards that give stuff. Right. And and at one point, maybe they do print something that's good enough that with Cody, you can lock people out of the game. So let's just really quickly look up uh, spells that cost Wooberg. Instance and sorcery. It's because you can't cast. So it's got to be an instant or sorcery. Uh, instant or sorcery. Right. Well, but it also lets you and then so, and then cascade. Right. So you can just cast. Well, but you can't cast still requires you to cast without paying its casting cost. So if it's a permanent spell, you can't cascade into a permanent. Well, right? you can you can cast like like a three mana spell you can cast scape shift and then it will just go into it'll cascade into any three drop that's a spell Simone Quandrix Prodigy, legendary creature, human wizard. Uh, one, tap it. You may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield tapped. Four mana, tap it. Draw a card. If you control eight or more lands, draw two cards instead. The, the only, and it's a one-two creature. The fact that this does a 
once again, summer bloom effect, right? You can use this uh, to just right. basically add an additional with the bounce land, start bouncing, doing your bounce trigger, getting that extra mana into play that you need. The fact that it enters the battlefield tap is, you know, with amulet of vigor no longer matters is has its benefits as well. And, and late game, she's a decent card draw engine for, you know, four mana, you get to draw two cards or draw a card is a playable effect on its own. So as a as a one of in Scapeshift decks, I've seen it talked about or Amulet decks, just because she works so well with the different game plans. Is she just? I, I correct me if I'm wrong here. The commander card Thrasios isn't this a very similar card to Thrasios? No. Uh, no, no, no. Thrasios is four mana, just four mana. Scry one, draw a card. Isn't this like this? Isn't this a modern legal version? Of, I thought this was like a modern legal version of a commander. Is what I like seem to remember reading. Some I saw somebody tweeting about. Maybe, maybe it not. Has, I think this card's cool. Fives. It's also very powerful. Like it's a powerful commander, right? Like this. Yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. if it's as powerful as the other blue green options that are out there. The amount of good blue green lands commanders is too high. <laughs> um, I don't but, know. I mean, I I think this card is so much more in my wheelhouse of what I would play. Like, and I because just because this card costs two, I really like it. Yeah. Um, it's really easy like to ability, protect. Yeah. You can recast it for you know again and again and again in Commander. I think it has real modern right. consideration, right? The fact that it does work so well in two decks that exist already is this better? Isn't there like what's the one green snake? I always forget its name. Puts a land into play from your hand. Uh, Sakura Tribe. Sakura Tribe. Sakura, yeah. Sakura Tribe Scout. The fact that Scape Shift or the fact that Amulet Titan decks are playing Sakura Tribe Scout and they could play three of those and one of this and then this is just so much better to draw late game or if your opponent's been able to remove your creatures because it draws you cards to me is just on its own something worthy of consideration and then yeah um and 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 as, as a different option there Killian Ink Duelist White Black, Legendary Creature, Human Warlock, Lifelink, Menace. This creature can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. Spell uses you cast that target a creature, cost two less to cast. This is another one that works in that uh, Flyer Buddy that I'm forgetting the name of already. Yep. yep. Owl yep, yep. Friend that Marshall is putting somewhere around my head. Maybe flying around, just like an owl would. Uh, feather, maybe also. Maybe it's like the two birds, like in old cartoons, flying around someone's head. There's an old uh, there's an old green card that I love that you probably remember called Spell Wild Oof. Talked about this card before. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a one three or one and green from from Future Sight. Uncommon uh, spells that target Spell Wild Oof cost two less to cast. Okay, I'd always wanted to build a Spell Wild Oof uh, aura deck. That was like a thing for years. I tried doing except that like all removal on Spell Wild Oof is just cheaper. Um, not that it matters because all removal honor cost one anyway. But you could play Killian with Spellwild Oof now, and now you legitimately do have eight copies of something that comes down on turn two that makes your like angelic favor or like your sick, like whatever insane. Like, let's think about this for a second. Like, you play this card or Spellwild Oof on turn two, right? Mm-hmm. On turn three, you hit your third land drop. So now what you want is a really good aura, the best possible aura that costs five. That's what you want. So you can so you can accelerate into your five mana aura onto your creature on turn three and swing. That's like what that's like what I'm envisioning. Angelic Destiny definitely is like probably better because then you could have one man open for interaction um, to like protect your creature if they're trying to kill it um, or even better, like probably something that costs three. That's a piece of interaction that mm-hmm. actually is only going to cost one to interact with. That actually also sounds awesome. Actually, that sounds really fun. So Angelic Destiny and like, is there some I wonder if there's like some piece of interaction that's like target creature you control gains protection from or like 
gains hex proof and then also has like draw a card you know sure it costs like three it's an instant something that like all the cards in your deck are going to be uh the creatures you're going to target are killian and spell wild if anyway all right this is a tangent that i've just got down and gone down a rabbit hole on but it still sounds really fun i maybe i'll try to build this i'm looking up ojitai's command because i want to remember what the third ability is uh Gain four, counter a creature, draw a card, or resurrect a creature for two or less from your graveyard. Does not does not target a creature. I was hoping it did. <laughs> um, uh, so you could do so you could do snap cryptic commandy things. But uh, yeah, I think I think like a cool Mardu feather Killian deck is just like already getting really sweet. And like these three cards together with the owl uh, can do really cool things. I think as you said, some of the more bulky enchantments that let you do really powerful things are cool. Um, and, and yeah, just making things cost like the, the command conversation, right. Using, using the black command because the black command gives creatures fear, right? That's one of the options. Profane command. Yeah. Up to X target creature you control getting fear until end of turn. That's cool. Oh yeah. And that, and that, and that accelerates your profane command that accelerates your profane command. Yeah. So what that, what that actually does, which is really sweet is it means that for, it means you could resurrect something on turn a three drop as part of the cost on turn three for just like three mana, Mm -hmm. you could minus three minus three, or you could, uh, drain for three. Yeah. That's kind of (laughs) good. It's still pretty sweet. Uh, I mean, I mean, like getting the reanimation side is pretty dope. Uh, The other, the, but, but you can do it for two, right? Like on turn two, you can path their creature and then for two mana, get those effects, get one of those effects. So I think that's, that's a conversation. That's, that's cool. Um, I'm trying to yeah. see if there's any other commands that are dope with it. All the other ones get so expensive other than cryptic and the black one. Yeah, the, exactly. All all the all the original ones. Yeah, and cryptic also, you only get to reduce cryptic by one because it's triple blue. So, well, but I'm imagining you're playing yeah. it with the like, like they're all together. Right. And, and even <laughs> like getting cryptic command to be one less is like a blowout. Sometimes people won't see it coming. True. If you if you turn two Killian and then turn three, you just pass and swing for two, gain two life with menace. And now you have three mana cryptic command available to you if you need it. With your with your black white creature and your triple blue spell. <laughs> this is modern. We can play whatever colors we want. <laughs> That's not that hard. Uh I've played more difficult things. You have life king, the life link. You can get that mana, you can get that life back from those fetch lands. Um the, the kill the, this Killian spell wild oof deck. I'm all about it. I'm yeah. gonna build it. It's also it's also just like the right converted mana cost, right? Two mana for a lifelink menace. That just two mana for a lifelink menace that gets like some marginal benefit is like a conversation to have. Adding to an ability that's actually something you want to do is cool. Um, Callous Blood Mage, two black vampire warlock. When it enters the battlefield, choose one. Create a one. Create a pest. You draw a card and you lose one life or exile target player's graveyard. That that last ability to me is what makes this a real conversation. The first two are good, right? Like playing a three mana to get, you know, three, three, two in the power and one of them you get the save. It's kind of a reverse version, a not as good version as Blade Splicer. Wait, hang uh, on. Before we move on for a second, can we just all talk about the fact that Colossification is a card that exists? <laughs> green, green, five, Enchantment Aura. And, <laughs> enchanted Creature gets plus 20, plus 20. That's what I want to do. All right, we can keep going. <laughs> um... <laughs> Back to Callous Blood Mage. Um, so yeah, so so like you can use the draw card, you can blink it to draw a card, you can blink it to get get tokens. But the big one is like those two abilities that once in a while you just will beat Dredge. 
here's my three mana spell that I can main deck, and now you're dredged. Now you lose dredge. Sorry. Uh, here's my main deckable thing. Sorry, other graveyard decks. Your graveyard's gone. Yeah, I mean the fact that this is modal. It's a vampire. It. Yeah, this card's sweet. This card's really cool. It does. It, it does like a lot of really fun stuff. All the choices. Um, it is a three mana two one. I wish it was a two mana two one. Well, if I think it was two mana two one, it'd be too good. I think it. I like it being. I think it would be too good regardless of what you put, because I think we're talking about it being almost playable. Uh, and that's already a pretty like stable moment for other formats. But the fact that it could be like like a two, three would be nice or a one, three. Uh, the, the cool thing, though, is that it's also a vampire. I think that's the one thing to not overlook is like if vampire tribal ever becomes a thing, this thing becomes a staple in that deck. Just out of the sideboard, it's a staple out of the deck. If, if there's anything that kind of triggers with it, I think it's really strong. If only it was two mana. <laughs> uh, and also, by the way, uh, getting back to our last conversation, there is the miracle for green and four. That is uh, distribute four plus one plus one counters on any number of target creatures, which means that you could turn your you could turn your little menace life linker into a six six on turn three. I mean, that is true. Uh, playing a deck that's just about pumping and feather and the bird both kind of like that, right? Like in the infect deck we mentioned, just not doing infect, just making it about that and like giving Killian plus any amount of plus counters or damage is huge life swings because of the lifelink. Like lifelink is really powerful with pump spells. Yeah. I mean, he's just swinging with a six, six menace lifelink on turn three is quite good. And I mean, granted like a blow, you know, removal spells, removal spell, like sure. blowouts a blowout, but, but it also means though that like, because spells that target it cost uh, less to cast, what it means is something like apostles blessing uh, that, that is, you can pay, you can pay the white with Phyrexian mana the colorless then gets reduced to nothing. Like Apostle's Blessing becomes a free protection spell. That's right? true. That's cool. That's cool. I like that a lot, actually. That's a really good option here. Making it free yeah. to protect him is like very strong. Yeah, there's there's really cool stuff. Uh, Baleful Mastery. Three black instant. You may pay one black instead of paying this mana spell cost. If you, if the, if you pay one black, an opponent draws a card. So you can mm. cast this for four mana or two mana. Target opponent draws a card. Exile target creature or planeswalker. I, this card seems so strong to me. Like you don't have to let your yeah. opponent draw a card. I. Where does your opponent draws a card rank to you among put a land into play tapped under their control? It's pretty similar. I, I never want to let my opponent draw. Like I never want to let my opponent draw. And I think when you're talking about a format like modern, that can be the deciding factor in a game often, just like the, the card advantage of a single card can swing the whole game. But I do think that this card having the optionality of if you're sitting there waiting to interact and you get later into the game and you just paying for just doesn't matter to you. But the fact that you have the option early, if you like need to not lose um, or you're just trying to clear the way, maybe to push through I, this card's going to see a lot of play in a lot of decks. This card is very good. And the fact that this deals with a planeswalker at instant speed as well right. is so good. The, like it's this this card is so good too because like okay so what about when your opponent like does the dumb thing where they're like I play my planeswalker no I crack my fetch and you're like in response to you cracking the fetch I exile your planeswalker before you exile it in your second main phase like you're planning on doing. Yep, because you, you, you just gave get up your priority. It's an instant. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yep. I think I think the other thing that's cool about this card is it. It yeah, it feels like path, right? Except I think path I, I think on turn two, pathing your opponent's creature is worse for you than letting them draw a random card. I 
feel yeah, like Yeah, I mean, it. ramping them in the early game is like can be devastating. And, and the just, late game, can, you just lose. And when path doesn't matter, like late game, when you pass something, it doesn't matter because they already have land. This you just cast as a four drop at the end of their end step, right? So it's worse in that it costs one more mana than path. But I think, I think like, like I think if they printed one white instant exile target creature, they draw a card that sees more play than path to exile. Mm, debatable, debatable. It would be it'd be a 50-50 split. It'd be a 50-50 split because the truth is there are some matchups where you just don't care at all about them searching for a land. Like whether it's early or it's late, you just don't care. Um, and then there are some matchups where them having a land early, like there's nothing worse than your opponent playing like Bird of Paradise or like Hierarch and you being like, my spell to get rid of your early play is just replacing it. This is worthless. Well, that's what Path does with birds, right? Like it's literally that you play Birds of Paradise. I path it. You have a land now. That's that's the yeah. best case, right? That's why you you like using Path on a bird's early game because well, you don't like it. Just doesn't do anything. You just won't do that. That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. You don't ever. You like that's not what you want. You want push or you want bolt when that happens. You well, don't want to have Path to Exile in that situation. But drawing the like, I would, I would love to have a card that let me kill birds of paradise and my opponent draws a card for in one for one white no yeah we're on this we're on the yeah, yeah, yeah. We're saying the same thing yeah, so yeah. so yeah i think this card's nuts and 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 sorry i, I got yeah. what you were saying backwards yes well, we are on the same <laughs> yeah, page I, I i like i like Velvet mastery a lot i really think this card's quite good yeah um and i believe this is the last not lesson card ecological appreciation x2 green sorcery searcher library and graveyard for up to four creature cards with different names that each have mana value x or less and reveal them an opponent chooses two of those cards shuffle the chosen cards into your library and put the rest on the battlefield exile ecological appreciation so this is a uh, uh gifts ungiven in green in a weird way um i think this is worse than gifts ungiven but because gifts ungiven has the ability to let you put like you can fail to find and so it like there's a more breakable way but there's a lot of yeah. cards that you can get that you just win right like you can get that that doesn't go um, to your graveyard sucks yeah and also the fact that it doesn't what put them in your grave you're saying yeah the fact that it puts shuffles in the back of the deck yeah i mean i think there's a couple things about this that come to mind so the first one is if there was a deck where like having three one drops in modern consistently won you the game or having two one drops won you the game we would know about it like that would be a really good deck because it would be cheap and everything would be like the cheapest thing possible that's what you want this to be but it isn't because obviously you know most of if you're going to try to get combo pieces they're at least one of them is going to cost more than one which means that this is probably if you're just outright searching for a combo going to cost a minimum of five minimum so if you're just going for value this is four mana to get a bunch of one drop creatures that have that are good and have value. And that's to me the, the place where this is going to be the most valuable, because if you're starting to spend five mana or six mana or seven mana to tutor through your deck for things, there's just so many efficient tutors now that have that have come along that put the card into your hand or into play that don't cost very much that are like what you need to win the game. So this to me is just a pure value card. Somebody will find a way probably to break this. Um, in a way that I don't see right now, but the fact that that X is there, that's the thing. I, I wish this had just been sorcery speed gifts and given like if this thing had just been like green three sorcery and it had said like search for four creature cards with like CMC three or less, maybe 
you know, to like limit how big you could get or something or two or less, maybe that would have made more sense. All right. So that is, that is the uh, part three of our set review. Uh, thank you so much. All of our patrons, listeners, please comment below what we're doing. We are doing lessons and classes. I promise next week, we're gonna have a whole conversation about them. I think there's a really cool design space. I also want to talk about wishes next week. So it's gonna be a whole deep dive into how they play. Also talking about other formats because we do want to talk about lessons in historic uh, and standard, etc. So that's gonna be a really fun conversation. Thank you so much to our patrons for doing it. Once again, please hit that like button. Honestly, when I say this, it does really help. Um, and uh, if you just post this video on a different social media to share it, that'd be great as well. Um, and if you're listening to this audio only, we do content on YouTube as well. There's all the pictures when we talk about them. You get all this cool uh, infographics and information. We put a lot of work into it. Plus, we do other content on YouTube. So please check that out. Like and subscribe there uh, as well. Um, lastly, I personally have been releasing a lot of TikTok content recently. So if you can follow me at Kess Wiley on TikTok, um, and I, I'm having fun there. It's a blast. Uh, I'm at Kess Wiley everywhere else as well. But TikTok is where I've been uh, putting a little bit more effort into, especially last week. Cool. Yeah, you guys can find me at Ben Baby Media, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm posting recently a lot of music content. I am uh, getting ready to release an album in July, but my first song this last week, two weeks ago now, and that's very well received, which is really nice of you guys. And uh, I'll be touring in August. I'll probably hopefully come to a city near you, which would be a lot of fun. So check that out on my uh, social. You'll find all the things. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everybody. And we'll talk to you uh, next week. Bye, guys. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media. Sending podcasts into the future.